You're listening to a podcast from leagueculture.com. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of League Culture. You're listening to me, Stuart Morris, bringing you 60 minutes of International Rugby League and taking a look at the wider game. We start the show with thanks to League Freak and Everything Rugby League. So check out league3.com and the Everything Rugby League Facebook page. And we're going to congratulate the Netherlands Rugby League on achieving the upgraded status of affiliate member with the RLEF. And also, likewise, we're going to congratulate Pulskar Rugby 13 on being accorded the observer status. And remember, you can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, LeagueCulture.com and please give us a, a like in iTunes and give us some feedback get uh, get our visibility up there so we can help to spread awareness of international rugby league amongst people as they pick our podcast up and we can talk about all the various issues that are going on around the world also I've started using YouTube and if you were to type in League Culture RLTV you will see we are now hosting the podcast in YouTube, and you'll see some of the older episodes as well. You can also catch the show on Leadcast. And if you like Rugby League podcasts and you've had an Android device, then you can go on Google Play and type in Leadcast, and you can download the Leadcast application, which is an on-demand audio player for Rugby League podcasts. You can catch us and our back catalogue, which we have some really great interviews and some great guests from shows gone by from all over the world. So some good stuff there for people to catch up on. Plus, if you like podcasts generally, there's some great shows on there. The Super League Pod, Ladies Who League, Devil in the Detail, White Line Fever, Rugby League, Renegades when it's on, Rugby World, The Rabbit World Order, Final Hooter, Rugby League Down South, Rugby League and Radio Archer. And I've also added Legal Counsel and Keep It Conchy to that, which we'll talk about both of them later. But if you don't have an Android device, and if you type in League Culture forward slash League Cast, you'll get the same feed with all the different podcasts via our website. And if you want to get in touch, you can contact us through Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter, or email me on LeagueCulture at Outlook.com. Now, going back to the Legal Council podcast, well, I found about, uh, <laughs> going back to the Legal Council podcast, well, I found out about this podcast by talking to James Hall. Now, James Hall is the outgoing chairman of the Hong Kong Rubber League, who happens also to be our main guest for this episode, who we've interviewed in the past when he first went to Hong Kong, but we've had him back again now to talk about all the fantastic achievements in Hong Kong. But, as you know, we like to mix things up as well. And anything that I come across that I think is interesting and a little different, I like to include as well. So I found this show based in Philadelphia in a place that's called Shacken or something like that. And it's called Keeping It Conchie, which is the hometown which the Philadelphia fight is based out of. And they have started covering the Philadelphia fight. And I always find it interesting when you hear rugby league being talking, talked about in different parts of the world and you get a different perspective on the game. 
Now, they've very kindly allowed me to take an edit. So, the original radio show had a lot of music and explaining the rules and locally based jokes, which I've taken out. So, if you want to go and catch up with the original broadcast, you'll find that on Leadcast, or if you go to their Facebook page, you'll be able to listen to the original pod- podcast, radio show, if, if you want to listen to, to all that. But for you, I've got an edit, which is just as interesting, to be honest. So, one of the things that they've included is they're talking about this charity event that Philadelphia Fight are running which is quite interesting to listen about. So, that will be on after the Hong Kong interview. And then, at the end of the show, we'll talk about Central European Tri-Nations and the Latin American Rugby League Championships that are going to take place in Chile in November. So, first thing, we're going to talk to James, and then we can look at the Asian results, the, the results coming in from Asia, and the Pacific. And then we're going to listen to that segment on the Philadelphia fight, and then we'll f- cover the North American games. So, that'll be Jamaica, Canada, and USARL. So, James Hall now. Right, I'm I'm, I'm honoured. I've I've got a, a returnee guest today. I've got James Hall. Now, last time we spoke to James, he was very tired, and it was the small hours of the morning in Hong Kong, because a few years ago, James was involved with a group of others who were trying to set up rugby league in Hong Kong. Welcome to the show, James. Hi, thanks for having me. So, James, last time we spoke, it was very exciting. There was a lot going for Hong Kong, but you was at the the start of the journey, and you you hadn't got any sort of teams or any players. And I think at the time you we were just showing games. So, what kind of progress did you make in setting up rugby league in Hong Kong? Well, it's been quite quite phenomenal, really. Um, the, the ball has rolled very quick and very fast, and, and grown in size much quicker than we really anticipated. So, the original. The original plan when things started out, probably when I spoke to you last time, was I just wanted to. I not long ago arrived in Hong Kong and I wanted to find someone to watch watch rugby league with and, and wanted to find a way of making friends in Hong Kong because I was new to the city. Rugby league being my pastime of choice, so I thought, well, let's see if there's any leagues in town. And then I found a few, and a few of us set up a board, and I think that's probably where, roughly where I. We got to at the point when I last spoke to you, and we had some plans in in hand. We we've managed to uh, fulfil quite a lot of our objectives uh, in the last few years. Right now, as we speak, actually, there's a a, a, ma- a match going on live in Hong Kong at Kings Park. It's the third game of the Hong Kong Super League, the club domestic club competition that we've set up for the first time this year. Um, so that's sort of where we're at now. But along the way, we've uh, We've been on several residence tours. We've had three nines tournaments, and the last one um, had a, an international feel to it with a team from Thailand and a team from Papua New Guinea entering entering the fray. And yeah, we've, we've now got four domestic clubs battling it out. Hong Kong Super League champions come the end of July, which is very exciting. 
there are obviously more than players involved when you set these things up. You obviously you need local business contacts and you need people who are willing to become officials and well all sorts of things really. So I was interested to to ask really what kind of people have you been managed to uh, to drag into the Hong Kong Rugby League? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not none of this could none of this could continue and have any longevity without business uh, local businesses sponsoring us. Obviously, the, when you initially get started, a little bit of seed money from a few a few uh, diehards that uh, are willing to give the rugby league go gets it kick started. But you can't rely on handouts forever. And we're doing a great job of attracting some good sponsors, ranging from local businesses. We've got Hook Fish and Chips, who have been a really great sponsor to us. It's a local uh, fish and chip shop in up in in the Soho area of Hong Kong. They feed our hungry rugby league players. On a weekly basis, we've got local bars in Lang Kwai Fong that sponsor us as well, which is great. Um, Ruler Builder up in Lang Kwai Fong have been fantastic, and they're, they're great for hosting things like State of Origin. We get a good turnout for, for that. We even get the fish and chips down from Hooked, which is fantastic. On top of that, we've got ICG, who are a computer cloud hosting provider or managed service provider. They're a, a local Hong Kong company, but they're, they're global in terms of their uh, their size and presence and they've been a fantastic sponsor particularly of the tag but now also the, the super league they're sponsoring the the rugby league uh, the hong kong super league as title sponsors and it's great to have them on board because without them we, we we just couldn't continue these these things cost money to run get pitches get insurance uh, train up referees that sort of thing there's, there's a surprising number of overheads there's always some something you've got to spend money on so yes, sponsors has been crucial, and we've got some good contacts on our boards. Various people in various different various different jobs who have good contacts, and that's one of the beauties of Hong Kong. There's there's, there's a very good network of people who are willing to uh, exchange ideas and, and help each other out. So that's that's really helping us. How about the players? Where are you getting your players from? Well, it's great. We've We've got various different streams that we, we, we seem to be attracting players from. Obviously, we've, I've just mentioned TAG. That's been that's coming to fruition now. There's a few players stepping up from that. But obviously, naturally, the core of players is people who already play contact sports, um, namely Rugby Union, which, as we, as we know, is pretty big in Hong Kong. Uh, it's got a long history in Hong Kong and has been incredibly successful in, in terms of thing, events like the Hong Kong Sevens. So there is a natural base there of people who are willing to, willing to play league. They Those players can be split up into a, a few categories in terms of those that have never played league before and might once have shuddered at the idea of playing league who have been persuaded to give it a go. And then they're finding that they love it and, and wondering why they didn't play it earlier. There's also a, a band of people that have come to Hong Kong from rugby league backgrounds, wanted to play rugby league. There was no rugby league, so they've, they've, they've had to uh, uh, succumb and play rugby union. And they're now fantastically excited that, that, that they've got the opportunity to play rugby league in Hong Kong. The third probably uh, set of people is those people who came to Hong Kong, wanted to play a league. There was no league and refused to play rugby union. Um, so they're re- really excited uh, that there's some league to play now. And then, the, and then, lastly, new people coming to Hong Kong who are 
the first sport that they decide to play now is rugby league. Um, that, that's that's the really exciting one. We're now getting far enough down the cycle that we're cap- capturing people before any other sport does in rugby league. A few a few people of which have ended up on our on our board actually, um, which, which has been been fantastic. Uh, so they then go to if they do then go to the rugby union clubs, they go to the rugby union club as a rugby league player first and try and convert a few people. And in terms of the the, the competition, the Super League competition we've got and, and, in, and this year's nines in fact that we've just held, we made a big step forward this year in terms of rather than having in the previous nines tournaments we've had ad hoc teams with you and your mates put your hand up and play together. Hong Kong in terms of the sporting landscape is set up into what I call sporting stables, I don't, don't know what the exact term is, the correct term is for it but these clubs that are multi-sports clubs some of them are very prestigious and, uh, and famous, like the Hong Kong Football Club and Hong Kong Cricket Club. The names sort of uh, are a bit misleading because both of those, both of those clubs, for example, um, have multi-sports. They've got football, cricket, rugby union, hockey, tennis, all, all these sorts of different sports. And we're making waves amongst amongst these multi-sport clubs, and we, we've now got three of them signed up as part of the, the domestic competition this year. So it's, it's Kowloon, it's Carnegie's Kowloon, Kowloon Tigers who are playing, so they're part of the Kowloon club who got, who traditionally were a rugby only a rugby union club, but have got a netball team as well, and, and, and now a rugby league team, and they're, they're they're branching out. We've got the Valley Broncos who who, um, the Society General Valley Broncos, one of the most successful sporting clubs in Hong Kong. They've got hockey and netball and rugby union, and now rugby league, and and. Also, we've got the Hong Kong Scottish, um, who, we, who similarly have all those different sports, um, and now rugby league. And it's fantastic that we're uh, we've, we've managed to get these these these, these sporting stables that are these multi sports clubs to sort of set up a separate rugby league team alongside all their other their other sports, um, which was always going was always a name, but we thought was going to be really difficult and, and it has had its challenges along the way and it's uh, because as you can imagine Hong Kong is a pretty big rugby union stronghold and a lot of these multi-sports clubs the rugby union club is very powerful in a, if not like the main the main club there that, that has then evolved into a multi-sport club so for three of them um, this year to put their hands up and say we will have a dedicated rugby league team um, with its own name its own Place on the on their website separate to separate to the rugby union club and uh, alongside the rugby union club and the, the netball team and the hockey hockey club. That that's really a fantastic step that we've made this year because that 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 will set these teams in place for a longer period of time and it means we're sort of decentralising the running of the teams, um, which, which makes life easier for the the. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. I mean, it sounds like you can put down some kind of legacy there. It's it's often when you set up a domestic rugby league, teams don't tend to last very long because, like you say, they, they tend to be something that's ran centrally. But we're becoming part of the multi-sports club. That sounds fantastic. I mean, it sounds like you, you can sort of instantly generate interest in, in the, 
the clubs themselves because they're they're existing clubs. Yeah, exactly. So the, the strategy all along is to to do what we need to do centrally to make enough noise and make it get that credit, build that credibility up, and make uh, and look. We've always had the made a point of doing everything we do has got to look professional. It's got to be professional to the outward looking. Even if sometimes it, when you when you're inside it, you feel like you're a uh, a bit lost, but uh, we've also always made sure we look we look um, we look very professional and, and treat everyone in a professional and friendly manner, so we can win people's trust and, and, and eventually, the, yeah, the, the the goal is to get into all these these multi sports clubs, uh, and then the, the competition can grow from there. Really, yeah, we've got into three of the the few of the bigger ones that we need to get into as well, like the likes of the cricket club and the football club, uh, who have got representatives playing for, for various different teams but um, th- there's a bit more of a political it's a bit more of a long longer term game to get into those multi-sports clubs uh, some, of, some of the more politicised multi-sports clubs but we'll get there we're building bridges and connections all the time uh, and yeah it's, it's, the strategy's coming 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 along well and does hopefully seem to be giving us that longevity and the uh, legacy there which I'm delighted about especially because I just mentioned to you, I've recently stepped down as chairman because I've had to return to, to England to uh, for, for work reasons. I was nervous when I first, well, uh, when I first heard I was moving back to England about a year ago, I was conscious or nervous that we, everything would be undone um, in terms of what we'd achieved in, in, in Hong Kong Rugby League because some things are only as strong as the, as the members of the board that are there at the time. Um, and it's a very transient place, is Hong Kong. So we, we, we uh, as well as myself, we've lost a few of the board members along the way, but we've we've managed to replace them with equally good, if not better, people, which is fantastic. And I, I, I've left feeling very confident that we've got a, a good, solid board in place that can continue the good work uh, that I've been involved with, and a few of us have been involved with. And obviously, we've still got existing board members and initial board members still still in place there as well. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely feels like we've got a bit of a legacy there, and hopefully, I can come back in fifteen or so years with with, with, with my kids, and uh, when he's a bit older and, and grown up, and uh, we're there at the Hong Kong Nines in the stadium, and uh, there's a big legacy there, and we, you know, that, that's the plan basically. Well, it sounds fantastic. I mean, you talked about building bridges and. Hong Kong is a fantastic place to build bridges. I mean, you've got the, I suppose, the opportunity not only to work with the the expat community, but the actual uh, Hong Kong Chinese who are there. I, I don't know what relationships you've managed to build uh, along those lines. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that Tag has been fantastic for. Um, that's that's very attractive to, to, to the local Chinese players. Touch is already very big in Hong Kong in terms of the desire to play it. Um, it's run run by the rugby union, who perhaps don't give it as much uh, credence as they possibly should. So we, we definitely spotted an opportunity there with Hong Kong Tag. There is a, a big appetite for non-contact form of rugby, and, and it, it's a good opportunity to introduce them subconsciously into rugby league because every time they go down and play tag now they they, they they hear rugby league and they're starting to learn that there there are two codes of 
two different sports that are, that sit under the same same name of rugby. Uh, but there are two versions of rugby: rugby league and rugby union. The start that's the stepping stone you make. You want to make you start get people aware that there is two different types and there's a, there's a choice there. Um, and and I think it suits the Asian the Asian physique a lot better than, than rugby union in that respect as well. We, the more athletic uh, physique of, of, of Asians fits rugby, rugby league gameplay a bit better than rugby union because you don't have all the rucking and mauling and scrummaging. So that that's 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 going to be a, a slow slow burner, but it's uh, it's already starting to uh, starting to come through. As I said, we've got a few play a few domestic Chinese players playing, um, and then on top of that, we've got a few sort of expat Cantonese players. Um, Who've grown up? So one 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 board member in particular, Ringo Lung, who grew up in in Yorkshire. Uh, he arrived in Hong Kong. He's got Hong Hong Kong parents, uh, Cantonese parents, and he came back to Hong Kong about a year and a half ago and said he'd like to get involved with rugby league. And he people like him are very useful for bridging the gap because he's a Cantonese speaker, but he's he knows what rugby league is. He's grown up in Yorkshire and he's. He's got. He's got. I'd love to know, be able to speak to Cantonese, see whether he's got a Yorkshire accent in Cantonese, because he's got as thick a Yorkshire accent as I do. Um, but he, yeah, so he, people like him are great for bridging the gap. Um, he's he's captaining the, the the Valley Broncos as we speak. As I say, we're, we're, they're playing right now in Kings Park. So he, he's he's doing a great job, uh, and one of the vital people that we have on the board. And how's that season going? Have you been had chance to follow the results? I know you recently arrived back in the UK, but have you been following the results back in Hong Kong? Yes, um, we, we, I, I implored the guys to try and get on top of uh, live streaming before I left, uh, which they, they've, they've started to do on Facebook. So we're, it's the third game now, the season. They're doing one, one game a week, the four-team league. So it's spread out over seven, seven weeks or so, including the grand final. And we're going to have... Um, our Hong Kong origin match in between as well, um, so that's been live streamed on Facebook, um, uh, which is it's great to watch. It's uh, makes me get choked up a little bit watching it from afar, um, seeing that it's still going on while I, when I come back to England. Um, it's fantastic, uh, and, and I recommend any of your listeners to try and watch a few of those clips. Um, we're we're still quite new to uh, live streaming. Um, I don't know. It's a bit more uh, intimate than than your, your normal live stream. It's not a guy stood on on a stand up up at the top of the bleachers uh, on a tripod video in the game. It's a bit more interactive than that, and, and it tends to be a bit more in snippets, uh, which is a really nice feature. There's a few alongside the the, the gameplay. We'll, there'll be a, we'll turn and interview uh, some of the players that have come off the pitch and, and those sorts of things. So. Yeah, it's a it's a new new initiative for us, and uh, we're learning all the time with that. We're getting any advice that people have on that would be fantastic. But it, it, check it out; it's quite interesting. Um, well, it's on now as we as we speak. Actually, yeah. obviously, I'm not watching it as I'm talking to you, but I know it's on it's on yeah. it's on Facebook yeah, Live. Keeps vibrating away, so streaming a new a new video. Yeah, so it's, that's that's great to be able to watch that from 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 at home. So, who who are the teams to watch this year, and who are the players to watch? 
Well, the, the, the standout team um, at the moment is uh, the Carnegie Kowloon Tigers. They won their first game last week, uh, 112-0 against the Wan Chai Warriors. And they were, when I last checked, they were 44-0 up at half-time against the Valley Broncos. They've got they've got some very uh, experienced rugby league players and high-level rugby union players as well playing. So they, they've got a quite formidable side. But everyone's giving it a good go on the other sides. Um, I'm, I'll be interested to see them play Hong Kong Scottish Reavers next week. Or maybe they'll probably play the week after, actually. They, they beat the Hong Kong Scottish team beat uh, the Valley Broncos in the first game of the season. So that's going to be the, the, the game to watch. But it's fantastic. Uh, the Carnegie the guys, the Carnegie uh, Kowloon team, have, obviously they had a very big win last week. So they, they, they've taken the decision to introduce a few more inexperienced rugby league players this week um, and get people, new people, bring new people to the game. So yes, they want to win the competition, but they're also looking to help um, help grow the competition as well uh, through their the captain Lee Griffiths, he's he's doing a good job. Um, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a strong prop forward, uh, unrelenting prop forward. He's joined us on our uh, on one of our residence tours to Thailand, uh, where where he it was a close run thing. Who got man of the match between him and the other prop, uh, Toby Lay, um, who's our another one of our board members based in Sydney. He's sort of our Sydney representative on the board. Uh, he's a Cantonese speaking uh, Australian. Yeah, he's an uncompromising forward in Lee, so he's the one to watch out for. Well, we'll certainly watch out for that. You mentioned the, the, the tours. Uh, have you had a chance to go on the tours yourself? <laughs> uh, yes, I've been on all three of them so far. <laughs> and how, how have they been? They've uh, been fantastic. We've been, to, we've been to Thailand once and the Philippines twice. Can't thank the, the the Thais and the Filipino teams for thank them enough really for their their um, warm welcomes. Uh, they've been great hosting the games. Uh, excitingly, we've won we've won all three games, so that's a, a good record. We got three three wins out of three, uh, which obviously helps helps you enjoy the uh, festivities around the rest of the week. And the last tour we went on back in April, we we, we played the Philippine Admirals, which was their their sort of development squad for their national side, so it was all fully local Filipinos playing. And not, unfortunately, they were on the wrong side of a, a reasonably big score, um, just largely due to a mismatch in physicality levels. But the, it was a fantastic uh, game to watch. The, the, the Filipinos are so passionate and strong and uh, strong-willed and they just never gave up. They kept coming back and coming back, and even when there was a mismatch in size physically, uh, sometimes they, they just never gave an inch. Um, it's fantastic to see, um, and we're developing very good relationships with the rest, the, the other Asian nations, um, and we're all um, starting to come together and work as one team, which is something that. Uh, that's perhaps been missing over the last few years, and and when we first arrived on the scene, we we were hoping that that would evolve, and it, it's we're, we're getting there in terms of all the Asian nations working together, and um, hopefully we'll um, eventually spring up a an Asian confederation at some point further down the line. Um, 
uh, it's, it's important that we all, all work together and grow the game across Asia. Um, the, the guys in Thailand at the moment are doing a fantastic job. They've had a domestic uh, com- their first domestic competition um, with pretty much entirely domestic players as well. That's fantastic. That they're so athletic. They brought a team over to our ninth. And, uh, they came second to the Papua New Guinean team. Um, that had entered our competition. They actually beat them in the group stages and then lost to them in the final. Um, they're very strong boys, the Thai boys, so uh, it, it's great to see the, the sport growing there. Um, I think what Thailand and the Philippines can bring to the sport in terms of mass participation, uh, that Asian players that are, are interested and passionate about the sport and also have the physique for the sport, it's quite exciting. It's, uh, so there's a lot of synergies there between ourselves and them. They've got the ability to bring mass participation and we've got the the global city venue that people want to come and party in in Hong Kong. Um, and, and obviously that bigger corporate culture in Hong Kong. So I'm hoping that down the line we all those Asian nations can work together and um, Hong Kong can play its part by being sort of a host nation for bigger events and, and providing some uh, means for funding for the rest of Asia as well. Um, that's sort of what's on the horizon in the longer term and sort of at the back of my mind at the moment, how how we get these synergies across the whole of Asia as well as just focusing on Hong Kong. Well, we're certainly looking at the international calendar. We've got certainly got some interesting events penciled in. I mean, we've got the Emerging Nations World Cup scheduled for next year, and we've got our nines the year after. Are, are Hong Kong taking part in either of those uh, scheduled tournaments? Yeah, we're um, we're penciled in, and we've we've paid our bond for the Emerging Nations um, World Cup or World Championship. Um, um, we were all set to go when when it was meant to be going on this year, alongside the 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 World Cup proper um, in Sydney. Uh, we were meant to be doing it. Uh, unfortunately, we had to postpone that for. Uh... Yeah, we've covered that. <laughs> <laughs> we had Robert Bergen on for that. I won't, go, I won't go into any more details yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, that's anyway. That's going ahead next year um, with some funding from the RLIF. Um, that they promised to us. Um, so hopefully that's going to be a great, successful tournament. We're, we're working towards getting the best team we can possibly get um, to, to go and do as well as we can in that tournament. Um, and we're very excited about it. A lot of the players, have, it's, 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 it's a definite, definite draw card for people. Um, the opportunity to play in proper international fixtures because as, as you know we've done the, the residence tours so far but they're not official tests they're they're, um, they're more a touring team um, made up of people that aren't necessarily fully eligible for an international team um, so we're looking forward to releasing the Hong Kong funder side um, sometime in the next 12 months and then taking them to the emerging nations uh, and see how how we do against the rest of the uh, the rest of the world. Well, that'd be fantastic, and, and I guess with the nines, we're still waiting for details for that to come out. 
Yeah, I, I've not really heard any any details, any more details than you probably have about that at the moment. Um, but it's a fantastic concept. I think that's what we've used to grow the sport in Hong Kong. Uh, Nines was the, the a great starting point for that. Um, just just by sheer numbers, it's you need less players to get a game going on the on the field. Um, so it's a, it's a very good way of spreading the game. Um, and now now we've got our domestic comp, which is a full seventeen man squad. Um, uh, and that's off the back of the nines. Um, so I think the nines is a fantastic concept. You just look how well the sevens has done in rugby union. Um, I I can see a, a nines World Cup touring around the world, and hopefully one day coming to Hong Kong as well. And it just being a fantastic draw card for the sport of rugby league. Um, I always enjoy watching the the, the Auckland nines. Um, so seeing that on an international stage can can only be only be a great thing no definitely and, and, and thank you very much James uh, we've had plenty of your time there my pleasure Stuart thank you very much right Asia where should we start in Asia well let's start with Papua New Guinea Digicel Cup and now I've struggled really to, to get standings for these I managed to find a table which told me that the Laystack Tigers were on top of the table in 12 points. Then the Hala Wigman were second place. Then the Mendy Murrocks in third place. The Bal Gurias in fourth place. And in fifth place, the Garoka Lahanis. I think that's how you say it. And in sixth spot, we had the Enga Myox. Seventh, Wagi Tumbi. And in eighth, we had the Port Moresby Vipers. So hopefully I'm saying them vaguely right. I haven't got a clue how you pronounce any of those those team names. And let's have a look what else we we can go to. Well, in Fiji, I can give you the round nine results of the Vodafone Cup. Again, I, I really haven't got any kind of standings on this, so I, I know it's difficult to put this into context, but here it goes anyway. The USP Islanders, 18. The Nadira Panthers, 4. Army Bears, 32. Uh, Bulldogs 12, Nabua Broncos 26, the Knights 10, the Police Sharks 32, the Lamy Steelers 10, the Top Line Warriors 18, the Kanoya Seagulls 18. So let's go to Hong Kong of all places and let's hear. Well we had the Hemisphere State of Origin match which James talked about and that finished Southern Hemisphere 30, Northern Hemisphere 14. So the South takes it. And in the Hong Kong Super League, let's give some results out. Now, I've got a fixture for each of the rounds. So, let's go through those fixtures that I've got. So, in round four, we've got Hong Kong Scottish Reavers. Let's go through the Hong Kong ICG Super League. From round four, we had the Hong Kong Scottish Reavers. They drew with the Wan Chai Warriors, 32-30. In round three, we had the Kowloon Tigers. Well, they smashed Valley Broncos, 76-0. And some results from Japan. In the Kansai division, round one, we had the West Mix Kansai, 38. 
against the Kanzai Kamanari 34. And in the Japanese Capital Division, in round two, they've almost round one, this is round two in the Capital Division, we have the Capital Giants, 82-24 versus the South Rabbitohs. Now I think they used to be called the Tokyo Giants, but I might be wrong on that. And in the Asian Club Championship, we had the Bangkok Southerners, 62 versus the Buffalo's Dragon Combine, who scored 42. So that means in that interleague championship, we saw Bangkok, the victors, with 62 against 42. Oh, and... I've got another result here from Hong Kong. I've somehow managed to miss that. This is round two. This is the Wan Chai Warriors, zero. The Kowloon Tigers, 112. And I've also got... What's left on my list is Vanuatu in the Port Villa competition. Round six, we had Port Villa Powerhouse, 32, against the Ethera Blackbirds, 20. And Port Villa, they also won in round 5, beating the Pango King Sharks 48-10. Alright everybody, we are back to the Keeping It Country show, and we have a very special, very special guest in the studio, three members from the Philadelphia Fight rugby team. That plays right here in Conshohocken at the AA Garthwaite Field. So we have, uh, go ahead and introduce you guys. Uh, George. Yeah, I'm Rich. And Sam. Perfect. And, and I'm Adam. I'm not on the team. Well, you know what? I would never do well on this team. Look <laughs> at the three guys across from me, I would not do well. I would, I, I feel like, we, we asked them before we started, who's the oldest guy on your team? They said 32. <laughs> I, I'm way older than that. I feel like if I got tackled, I would turn into dust. <laughs> All right, so Rich um, set this up. So you are you up until a couple of days ago, you were the player coach. Yeah, so I was a, I was a player coach, and um, one of the other guys was a, a player coach. His name's Fraser Sterling. He's a, he's Scottish. Uh, he just retired, so he's now the full time head time coach. So he's he's leading us now. So why don't we talk about, actually, let's talk about when you guys each came to play for the, for the fight, how you came about playing for the fight. Yeah, okay, Sammy, you want to start? Yep, so I played a little bit of rugby union living in the UK before moving here, and then after that I moved and there really wasn't much as far as a program, so I just started playing other sports, and then after college I really missed the competitive atmosphere, so I figured it was kind of now or never to get back into it, and then at the time a couple of guys on the team were on the same one and said, don't do sevens. Come and do league, and I've I've kind of been here and doing that ever since, and haven't looked back. Well, Sam is humongous, by the way. <laughs> How tall did you say you were? Six five. Six five. He's, he's, he's a big guy. I wouldn't want to tackle him. All right, Rich. Yeah, I started um, with Philadelphia Fight two thousand nine. My brother used to play for the club, and still does occasionally. But uh, they would always tell me to come out, come out, come out, come out. I played rugby union through uh, high school and college, and. Um, just decided to come out to a training, and our, co- our then coach, his name's Peter Ilfield, he just told me to stick with it, and so fast forward a few years, and here I am. So, 
George? Uh, I've been playing league for about uh, five or six years. I wanted to come over to the States for ages. I've always loved like things going on in the States. And the fact that, yeah, the fact that the yeah, rugby league's getting huge over here. Uh, I spoke to a couple of teams, and, and Rich was just just like really helpful. Uh, really helped me out, and things ran smoothly. We got on, and it was just just clicked from there. You know, been here, been here. What two weeks now? Three weeks, and it always feels like home. It's so nice. You've only been here three weeks. Yeah, it's been about three weeks. Yeah. Oh my god. So he kind of uh, yeah. Yeah, I got hold of Rich, um, yeah. and yeah, just sort of hit it off from there. Yeah. Through, go from there. Yeah, through email, through emails. You know, technology is great. Okay, yeah. cool. Now uh, Sam here has to leave pretty soon, but uh, he's kind of the expert on their charity event they have coming up July. Well, you can tell us all the details. Uh, it's called the Clash with Cancer. Take it away. So the event is on July 8th, and it's our second annual against Delaware, which has sort of become a, a local rival. There's a lot of players from that Delaware team who were former members of the fight who, you know, with travel commitments and things like that, wanted to try and put something together a little bit more local. So it's become sort of like almost crosstown rivalry equivalent. Basically, where it stemmed from is the, the owners of the fight and the leadership, which Rich is a member of, one of the four owners – as well as putting together like a good product as far as rugby, want to do more and be more than just playing on the field. And so we've previously held events where we've done, you know, one-offs for veterans, for cancer, for other health and, you know, kind of all across the board causes. And we look to kind of create a partnership with a reoccurring event. So there was one that I was familiar with called the Andrew McDonough Be Positive Foundation, which is based out of Wilmington. And it's a charity that specializes in children's and pediatric cancer. And they're very popular in places, uh, colleges, University of Delaware, where they do these, you know, the dance marathons, kind of kids helping kids, like college, college students doing dance marathons, raising money, doing all that. And I was familiar with them. And so reached out to the, to the founder, who was Andrew McDonough's father. And we kind of just from there started spitballing and, and we had our first event last year, which we raised, uh, a little over $8,000 towards. So, Essentially, we create fundraising teams. We go out and fly all through the community. We had last year, you know, Southern Cross, Boathouse, Ray Longo's Barbershop, you know, all these country favorites where everyone was getting behind it. There was flyers all through town donating, you know, X amount of dollars from the haircuts they've done. Um, number of subs we've sold. We'll, we'll give, you know, Donnie Max Deli was giving, you know, half of what they made on their sandwiches for the day to the, to the, and donating platters and everything else. So it was really great to have the town get behind it. And then on top of that, you know, to kind of put a face to it, be, uh, the Be Positive Foundation pairs you with what they call a hero, which is essentially a, a child that's been diagnosed. So last year we were paired with a little boy named Sebastian who's five years old from Philly, and he and his family came for the day. Uh, we had him custom jersey done. He came to the locker room. He cheered with us. He ran us out of the tunnel, did the captain's coin toss, and then cheered and celebrated with us on the field afterwards. So it's really a great way not only to raise money, but for, you know, what could be a, a shorter life than expected, kind of filling it with as many good memories as you can. And so really putting on this day for him with First Trust providing free ice cream and, and really just making a special day for him. So he has had a bit of a rough year, but is actually healthy enough to attend again this year. So he'll be serving as our honorary captain again on July 8th. And we're hoping to shatter the record, what we'd set as a first year donation. That's well, awesome. What was the uh, donation last year? Do you remember? So I don't have the exact amount. It was... We just tipped eight thousand. It was about I think eighty two hundred roughly. Yeah. And so the event's a little over a month or a little under a month away. And right now we're sitting uh, around twenty five hundred, almost three grand. And uh, as the players get involved, as they reach out, we have um, we have two players who work for Boeing. And, and what's great about Boeing is that they're actually matching employee employee oh, donations. Great. So they've gone to all their departments and said, you know, 
hey, you know, come out to this event, come and come and donate. I love it. So how do we donate? So there's a couple of ways you can donate. Um, we do have through our Facebook site, there is essentially a, a, a fundraising page that Be Positive puts together with us. It's got some pictures of last year's event. And from there, you'll be able to click and there's sort of a general donation where you can make, you know, a donation from the Keeping It Conchi podcast, which we love. And, you know, from there, we'll be able to kind of push out everything that you guys do as well. And, you know, thank you. Thank you. And then in addition, what we've set up is you almost create a fundraising team. So the fight has a team and all of the individual members of the team register and then they push it out. So then it almost adds a competitive aspect to it. So who was the, who was the highest fundraiser on the team? So there's a couple of different ways that everything is mainly pushed directly through that link. And we also accept, you know, um, checks made out direct, anything like that. But definitely for anyone who's listening over the air, who's looking to do it, the easiest way is to go to, uh, the Philadelphia Fight Rugby League Club, uh, Facebook page. And then from there, we have all sorts of information about the event, um, as well as, um, ways to donate. And then one of the sort of double ups is that your donation, you'll, you know, it's 501c3, it's tax deductible, everything like that, but you'll receive a receipt and a confirmation. And that serves as your ticket to the event. So it's really, no matter how big, how small, you know, you come and show that you've made a donation, you're coming into the event for free. Uh, and uh, I mentioned the name of the stadium, but I didn't even know it. I always knew it as like the A field or the field behind Moore Chevrolet. Yeah. But it's A.A. Garthwaite, mm-hmm. that, that field right behind, uh, it's right on like 12th, is it? It's 11th, 11th and Harry. 11th and Harry, okay. And uh, what time is the game on the 8th? So kickoff is 5 p.m. Uh, typically what we do is... There is, uh, you know, food and drink available for purchase. So we normally do uh, an hour before kickoff. We do like a little uh, pregame happy hour special. So you know, a couple dollars off drinks and hamburgers and hot dogs and things like that. And then First Trust has Bank has been a partner of ours for the last couple of years. In the last few years, they've had their mascot out there, and they've also supplied a, uh, an ice cream truck. So you know, all the all the kids' favorites, everything like that, and it's free throughout the day. So it's and we have, you know, games where kids can win candy and, and raffle tickets and things like that. And we do an auction. So it's really, again, kind of going back to this idea and the vision of what we're trying to create. Yes, it's a, a rugby league match. Yes, it's a, a good, exciting thing to watch. But if you have little ones, don't think, well, how am I going to get them to sit there for, for 80 minutes? Because there's all sorts of other stuff going on to really make sure that it is a good family day for everyone. Do you guys have groupies? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they do. So, George, cheated is at one point, but George only made her a couple of weeks so, <laughs> with that accent, man. You know, <laughs> so they had cheer. They had cheerleaders at one point, but there definitely are some of the same recurring faces that you'll see. And yeah. uh, some, I was promised cheerleaders. <laughs> some, yeah. of, some, of guys, <laughs> some of the guys live, have lived in town in the past, so yeah. they become almost like a local celebrity. So you definitely do see some. Uh, Recurring female faces around and a couple of guys as well. That's fine. Do you guys go out to uh, like the local establishments after bar or after the games? Or yeah, we um we've gone we've you know we we've gone we go out to Cal- we would go out to Conchhocken all the time. We go on to Maniac. I mean, we go all 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 the time. We're, we're local. We're hanging out with team with with the team. Just going. All different places. We loved, you know, last year we did the pub a lot. We did, um, Southern Cross. Southern Cross last year. Um, I think this year our new, our new pub is actually in Maniunk. I think yeah, it's, it's Sona Pub and yeah, Kitchen. Yeah, it's Sona the, uh, what used to be the old Kildare's in Maniunk. Yeah. Oh, yes. But a couple other staples, uh, you'd always find a big group of us went, like I said, Wednesday night for, for yeah, Boathouse. Like, yeah. we'd pack that place out with, you know, as many pitchers and wings as we could yeah. all get down. We got some guys <laughs> who can eat. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, um, so we won a grand finals. We won our grand finals. We won four, 2011, 2013, 2014, and then most recently 2016. 2011, 
um, and 2013 were both played in Philadelphia. Uh, 2014 was played in Jacksonville. Um, and 2016 was played in Boston. Going back to your history, originally you were the Philadelphia Bulldogs, is that correct? Yeah, so um, our history, in 98 we were the Bulldogs. Um, I think the team the team at that point kind of ceased to be. 2007 we came back, um, and 2007, 2008. As the Bulldogs, though, right? No, we came oh, back as a Philadelphia okay. fight, and I was not involved until 2009. I read there's two, two seasons, what do they call that, when you don't win at all? Right when you came back, what do you call it? that's 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 called that's called yeah not winning. That means you're not very. Yeah, good. no. So <laughs> that, that's 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 you know what I spoke about earlier with my brother playing. Um, that's that that's that's it was his year, and I, I would sit and watch him play and and watch him get beaten. And, and really, I would. They used to play and they used to play. In West at Westchester University, and I was going to Westchester University at that time, and I was just sitting there watching him, like, "Wow, this is this doesn't look that fun." They're just gonna beat eight eighty to nothing, <laughs> ninety to nothing. And so, so, how many teams in your league? In our league, so we have uh, Northern and Southern Conference in the uh, the USARL, and um, in the Southern Conference, I think there's four clubs out of there, okay. and in the Northern Conference. Um, there's about eight clubs, maybe eight to ten. I'm not sure off the top of my head, to be right. honest with you. Um, but yeah, we play. So we we're we're split in the in the northern conference because there's so many clubs. We're split into actually divisions. So we're in a division with um, Northern Virginia and uh, Delaware. Delaware. Yep. And then the 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 other division would be Rhode Island, would be Boston, and there's a few teams in the New York area. There's Brooklyn, there's White Plains, and then there's another team out of New York. Um, I believe they're yeah the Knights. I believe they're out of Manhattan. So, um, yeah. So each team, each team gets each team to to get the playoffs. We have eight games. Um, we have eight games. We get the playoffs, and then you go through there. And then the winner of the Northern Conference plays the winner of the Southern Conference. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you guys have a rival? Um, up north, the Delaware team you're talking about, or is that like a, like a friendly? Nothing rival? good comes from Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> George, George, George's first George, trip. George, you know where Delaware is. Yeah, George, George, <laughs> we've been there already. We've been there already. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we have a couple of we have a couple of rivals in um, in the north. Um, the biggest one in the north would definitely be Boston. We've just We've come up against them in the Northern Conference. The 13s. That's natural. Yeah, the Thirteens. They're called the Thirteens. What is that? The Thirteens. Oh, there's Thirteen players. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that simple. That. Just that simple. Yeah. Right there, I saw. I saw the light <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a look now at the North American results, and we'll start with Jamaica. And we've just had round five in Jamaica, and we've got the Loana Dragons, who've Beaten Spanish Town Vikings 17 points to 16. The Vauxhall Vultures, well, they were defeated by GC Foster College Lions 30 points to nil. And we got the Dehaney Park Red Sharks. Doing well as always, beating the Jamaican Defence Force Warriors 44-8. So, if we have a quick look at the standings, I will see... The Dehaney Park Warriors are on top on 12 points, followed by GC Foster College Lions on 12 points, the Jamaica Defence Force Warriors on 9, Luana Dragons on 6, the Washington Boulevard Bulls on 3 points, 
and the Spanish Town Vikings on three points, and the Vauxhall Vultures on zero points. And we head further north to the USA, to the USARL, and we start with the Northern Conference. Well, it's been interesting. We've had four rounds of the USARL, and in the north we see New York Knights. Well, they're top of the, the tree at the moment on eight points, and they've managed to score 158 points to the advantage of all their opponents. In the first round they beat... Rhode Island Rebellion, then they took out the Nova Eagles, and then they beat the Brooklyn Kings and White Plains Wombats. So some good results from them. And in second place, White Plains Wombats, well, they beat the Brooklyn 13s, Rhode Island Rebellion, and the Delaware Black Foxes, and they're 180 points up, so they're doing well. And they're on six points in the league. And the Brooklyn Kings, well, they've had a better season than we would perhaps have expected based on previous seasons. And they got a bit of a shot result at the start of the season, uh, knocking out the Philadelphia fight, then taking down the Brooklyn 13s, the Boston 13s. And in the fourth round, they defeated the Nova Eagles, which gave them 31 points to the better of their opponents and six points in the league. And Nova Eagles, well, they're doing similarly well. They've won two games, so they've got four league points. And they've beaten the Delaware Black Foxes and they've beaten the Philadelphia Fight, which a little bit of a shock, that. But they're also 31 points up in the four and against advantage. Then it starts to slip a bit. We see uh, Delaware, Delaware Black Foxes. They're in the fifth spot. Now they've also beaten Philadelphia Fight and they've beat Rhode Island Rebellion and they're minus 32 points and they're sitting on 4 points as well. And we got Philly Fight. Well Philly Fight's only really won one game this this year and that's against the Boston 13s and they're on minus 20. So for a team that's consistently dominated the USARL it's not a good start for Philly. And Boston 13s, well they've struggled as well They've they've only managed to raise two points on the table and they're on a minus 10 score for and against, only beating Rhode Island Rebellion. And Rhode Island Rebellion are looking quite sorry this year. They've, they've not won any games yet and they're on zero league points and unfortunately they're on a minus 3-2-6 on the for and against. So they really need to start scoring some points and, and getting some uh, better for and against advantage for that team. And if we go down south to the Southern Conference, the South Conference, well, we see Atlanta on top. And Atlanta have had a clean sweep in four rounds. They've beat the Axemen, they've beat the Tampa Mayhem, and they've beat the Florida Warriors. And then, again, giving the Axemen another slapping as well in the final round. And they're up by 76 points in the four and against, and they're eight points on the league table. Well, Tampa Mayhem have not done too bad themselves. They've won three games. They've they beat the Florida Warriors. They beat the Axemen. And they beat the Florida Warriors again. So, they're 56 points in the for and against. With six points in the league table. And Jacksonville 
little slow start for them. They've only beaten Florida Warriors this year in the first four rounds. And they're up by 10 points in the for and against. And they've got two points, as you'd expect, on the league table. Central Florida Warriors, well, still waiting for them to wake up. But they're only minus 142 on, on the league table in the for and against. And they're on zero points. So that indicates the games have been quite close. And in the uh, second half, if you like, of... Of these fixtures, they could very well come good and cause a few shocks. There's still plenty to play for in that self-conference. And talking about Jamaica and the USA, well, who's best out of Jamaica and the USA? Well, we do get to find out because in Jacksonville on the 22nd of July, we see USA play Jamaica. So that's going to be a very interesting fixture, especially if we see mainly domestic teams going against it. That's going to be a great team. from both the uh, USA and the Jamaican uh, National Club Championship going against each other, and it's going to be a fantastic game to follow that. And in Canada, well, the Kelowna Roosters and Valley Warriors have continued to assert their dominance at the top of the table, sitting two points clear of the closest competition. The top two teams have reaffirmed why they are the teams to beat in 2017 after a colossal effort to beat reigning premiers Capilano, the Warriors and the Roosters look set to complete compete for silverware in the 2017 British Columbia Rugby League Grand Final. Right. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll wrap the show up now and we'll talk about this big news in Central Europe we got basically what looks like the start of a Tri-Nations taking place. Put this in your calendar. 15th of July, we got Hungary versus Poland. Then later on, we've got Hungary versus Czech. And then we got Czech versus Hungary to be played sometime between July and August. And the final game, Poland versus Hungary. Obviously, that's going to be the Poland side of the fixture. That's going to take place in March 2018. So it's quite a, quite a stretch on that. But this is basically the first Tri-Nations in Central Europe. And this inaugural series, uh, it's going to be exciting, isn't it? To see some real international progress made in, in Central Europe. Because there's a lot of enthusiasm in Central Europe for Rugby League. And there's a lot of people trying. And it's it's going to be great to see this, this tournament kick off for, for everyone. And some success come for them. And... Likewise, the Tournament of Capitals, I believe, is going to take place in October as well this year. So that's interesting. Right, and I'm going to read this out. This is to do with the Latin American Rugby League Championship in Chile. And it says, Can you match us through the hard work of Australian-based volunteers and sponsors, Latin Heat have already raised more than $10,000 in donation go towards the operating cost of the first full 13-a-side Latin American Rugby League Championship in Chile in November to ensure, pa- to ensure participation by all classes and keep the sport available to all. We're looking to raise a similar figure through crowdfunding to assist the travelling costs of participants who will be flying into Chile from places like Mexico, Brazil, Colombia and Argentina. Many of these players work 80 hours a week and are barely enough to cover family expenses. 
so as to take time off from work and travel such distances is a major undertaking. For further details and a donation link, you can go to www.chuffed.org slash project slash Latino hyphen rugby hyphen league hyphen championship to donate. I'll tell you what, I'll stick that on the leagueculture.com website. That'll be easier, won't it? Right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. I'm sorry I've been uh, probably a bit hard to listen to. I'm just getting over flu, so it's uh, or something flu-like anyway, so my voice isn't the best. I do apologise. But I'll tell you whose voice is the best, and that's Danny McMaster's. And this is I Love My Game, which is available to buy on iTunes. It's a part of me.